Anyways, um, all right, we are in the book of John. Uh, we've been going through that most of this semester, so uh, you don't have to turn there, though, because uh, when we reference it tonight, it's going to be mostly like chunks moving through, so don't worry about trying to uh, keep up. Um, but uh, the, I wanted to give you the title of my message tonight, just so that uh, if you're taking notes, you can just kind of get that. And also, because I think the more that we uh, repeat like simple uh, summaries, the more that we can really engage along the way. So uh, the title of, of the message is really simple. It's called uh, Consumers by Design. Consumers by Design. Um, Dallas, or not Dallas, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, David Foster Wallace. I was going to say Dallas Willard, different guy. Uh, David Foster Wallace was a famous writer, American writer and thinker, uh, very, very well-known uh, he uh, wrote many books, was very well known for one of them, Infinite Jest, if you've heard of it. I think it's like like twice as thick as a dictionary, so most people haven't uh, actually read that. Neither have I, so don't worry. But he was very famous, very well known, and he uh, gave a speech at a university one time for a commencement. So if you guys have ever been to like a college graduation, usually they bring in like a celebrity speaker, and they usually do some sort of like really motivational speech. And so uh, Foster Wallace was invited to a, some obscure university, and and he gave this speech, and it was really powerful, and we're going to use it tonight, and I'm going to give you uh, the first part of this quote that was really powerful. He says this to these college students who are about to go out into the world. He says, he says here's something else that's weird but true. He says, in the day-to-day -day trenches of adult life, there's actually no such thing as atheism. He says, in the day-to-day -day trenches of adult life, there's actually no such thing as atheism. And he goes on, he says, there is no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. Now, you can look it up yourself, but as far as I could find, Foster Wallace is not a follower of Jesus. So this is really, really powerful. He says, there's no such thing as atheists. Everybody is a worshiper which is really, really interesting for somebody who is not a follower of Jesus to say. And, and here's, here's, what, uh, here's what I want you guys to, to think about, okay? Before we go any further, he, says, he uses the word worship. It's not, he's not talking about like this, okay? So if you're thinking like everybody's a worshiper, no, that's pretty obvious. Like half of the school that you go to is not here right now, and they are not worshiping with you. So what is worship? So we have a, the first quote you can throw up there, the first line, uh, first slide, Worship is not so much what you praise, but what you consume. Worship is not so much what you praise, but what you consume. So if you think about it, the things you consume are the evidence of what you value, right? So if you consume something, it's because you value it. It's important in some way. So whether that is social media, whether it's literally like food that you consume, like whatever it is, in some way, shape, or form, it is valuable. So you consume it. You take it in. And if we use that, the word consume, we can swap that out with worship. So if you look at Foster Wallace's quote now, he says, there's no such thing as atheism, there's no such thing, or sorry, there, there are no atheists, there's no such thing as not consuming. Everybody consumes. So, here's the interesting thing. I know that a lot of you in the room think about worship, like we said, like this, and it's kind of, it's disconnected a little bit, so let's talk a little bit about worship in general and consuming in general. 
The interesting thing is that if you follow his argument, what he's saying is that worship or consuming is in your DNA. It's in the way you think. It's in the way you sleep. It's in the way you live. It's deeply woven into the fiber of your being. So if you think about it, to argue uh, that you are not a worshiper, that you're not a consumer, here's the next one, next quote. You can look at this. Oh, actually, sorry, go to the third one. Here you go. The question is not if you'll worship, but what you'll worship. Oh, sorry, that was the wrong one too. Goodness sakes. You can just take this off the screen. My slides are all off. Sorry. Oops. Um, so here's, here's what I wanted to say. It wasn't on there. Controlling the urge to worship is like controlling the urge to breathe. Not, not a thing. Like, have you ever tried to hold your breath? What happens? Like, at some point, you start convulsing in your body. Like, if you had little people on the inside of you that were, like, keeping you going, they start, like, yelling at you and, like, punching the walls on the inside. Like, take a freaking breath. Like, what are you doing? Right? You can't hold your breath. At some point you die. So breathing is completely, un you don't think about it, right? It's completely like second nature to you. you. You were born, and what did you do? You took a breath, right? They actually like flick babies to get them to cry to make sure that they're breathing. Like that's a thing. Like, so to say that you're not a worshiper, to say that everybody doesn't worship is to say like everybody doesn't breathe. That's just part of who you are. You didn't think about it. You didn't plan it. You breathe, Right? You can't make it through like a two-minute speech without taking a breath. That's just part of who you are. So with that in mind, with worship and consuming in mind, let's go to this passage. We're in John 6. Like I said, don't try to go there. It'll throw you off. Um, but Jesus, here's the interesting thing. Jesus has been, has been doing all these miracles, and we've been learning all about them. And, and here's the thing. He gets to this point where he is uh, he's in front of this giant crowd of like probably over 10,000 people. The passage says the feeding of the 5,000, but that's just the men. So you do the math, how many people are there. And he gets done with that, pieces out like only Jesus can, like slips out. And then he goes, and he goes across the sea to another city just to get away with his disciples. And then like pretty quickly, all the people realize that he's gone, and they are like, where'd he go? And then they're like, oh, one of the boats is missing. I bet he went that way. So the whole like 10,000 plus people follows him across the sea, and Jesus is like, can a dude just get away for a second? And they show up, and so they, <laughs> they show up, and here's what happens. They show up, and it's funny because they say, they show up, and they're like, hey, um, hey, teacher, where, where, where were you? He's like, okay. He's like, guys, can I level with you for a second? He's like, you guys are only following me because I filled your stomachs. And they're like, no, 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 no. He's like, he's like, hey. I'm here to do the will of my father. And they're like, hey, we want to do the will of your father too. What, tell us what to do. He's like, the will of my father is to believe in me. And they're like, okay, we're down with that. But before we do that, we should probably have some evidence that you're actually a prophet. Um, let's think of a prophet. Moses. Oh, what did Moses do? How did he prove that he was a prophet? <gasps> he fed like thousands of people in the wilderness. Do that. And Jesus is like, I literally just told you, you, all you want is me to feed you. Like, that's all they can think about. And so Jesus uses that little moment, and he's, he's like, takes that little, like, hunger that they have. He's like, okay, you know what? You want to talk about food? Let's talk. And he says this, and I want you to see if there's a theme through this, because I'm going to skip through this passage. See if you can catch something going on. He says, I tell you the truth, Moses did not give you bread from heaven. My father did. 
And now he offers you true bread from heaven. True bread from heaven is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Verse 41, I am the bread that came down from heaven. Verse 47, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. Verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I will offer to the world, is my flesh. Verse 53, I tell you the truth, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. Verse 54, but anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person on the last day, for my flesh is true blood, my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Verse 58, I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors, but will live forever. Do you see a theme? I'm sorry, but like that was one conversation. That's not like, I didn't like skim the whole book of John for bread. Like that, he's like, oh my gosh. Like, can you imagine being Jesus? Oh, my gosh. He's like, I'm literally going to lose my mind. He's like, this is going to be the end of me right here. It's like, I am bread from heaven. Your ancestors had manna. It came down. Guess what? Moses didn't do it. It was God. Guess who I am? I'm God. Guess what I did? I came down. Guess what I am? Living bread. I'm the real bread. I'm the one. Eat my flesh. Drink my blood. And they're like, okay, this just got weird. All right. And then it says, if you go, like, literally the next heading Many, many disciples desert Jesus. Are you shocked? He just told them to drink his blood and eat his flesh. So, like, do you feel how stressed and frustrated Jesus is at this moment? These people, literally all they can do is think about, my goodness, will this guy just make some bread like, fall out of the sky? Like, that's all we want. Chill, bro. And he's like, oh, you don't get it. Here's the funny thing. So, you and I read this, and we're like, yeah, you know, eat his flesh, right? The cross, the breaking of bread and communion. We get the imagery. Drink his blood. It's the wine. It's the blood that came out on the cross. Drink it, like, right? But this is weird. I like to, so I, I get to teach most Sundays in fifth and sixth grade upstairs. It's crazy. And we, we like to, I like to do this a lot because a lot of those kids are just like you. A lot of you were those kids. Uh, you have, like, Christianese dictionary on repeat in your head. So every word that comes, like, eat, eat my flesh. If I said that to you on the street, you would freak out and call the cops, right? Like, drink my blood. You're like, what? <laughs> you would freak, right? That's not a thing, but it's in the Bible, so you're like, mm, yes, symbolism, Jesus. Wow, he's so smart. You're like, that's not, you don't get it. This is weird. So here's a question for you. If you and I do what everybody did, right, Everybody deserts Jesus. Look at the next line. Like, here's a question. Jesus is saying, come find life. Come find life. Come to me. I am life. I am true drink. I am true food. I will satisfy. I will fill you. I will give you everything you've ever wanted. Here's a question. What if we don't? Because I know most of you in the room are like, yeah, man, I feel that. I'm going to do that. You go home. What do you do? 
not that, right? What if we don't? Like, has anybody ever played devil's advocate with you about, like, what if you weren't following Jesus right now? Are you too scared to? Like, what if you don't? What if you don't consume Jesus? What if you don't eat his flesh? What if you don't drink his blood? What happens? Here's the thing. The second part of that David Foster Wallace quote, he says, to recap, there is no such thing as atheism. There's no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships, and here's the next line. The only choice we get is what to worship. So if that's the case, now you can throw the second slide up there. The question is not if you'll worship, but what you'll worship. Remember, worship and consume are interchangeable. So the question is not what you'll, if you'll consume, but what you'll consume. If you don't follow Jesus, if you don't eat his flesh, drink his blood, consume him, like he's baking this crowd as much as he can, he's like, oh my gosh, if you don't get this. So what if we don't? It's not a question of if you don't, it's what will you? So I made a little list here. And here's what I want you to think about. I'm going to read this list, but I want you to plug in your own variables because every single one of you is unique and I can't possibly convict you on like a personal level. The Holy Spirit can, but don't expect me to do that. So think, if you're not consuming Jesus, you're consuming something else. If you're not chasing Jesus, you're chasing something else. If you don't look for acceptance in Jesus, you'll look for acceptance from someone or something else. If you don't look for purpose and meaning in Jesus, you will look for it in something else. Are you seeing the pattern? There's not an option of just not being a consumer. Like we said, it's your nature. You and I, that's what we do. We consume, right? It's like saying a car runs without gasoline. Like, no, sorry, don't be Tesla people. Don't even, come on. If a car doesn't have gasoline, if you put ketchup in the engine, like, what's going to happen? Oh, I thought, you know, I thought I could try something, you know, experimental. No, it doesn't work. It's not built that way. Well, neither are you. You and I will worship. We will consume something. The name of the sermon. We are consumers by design. And here's the danger. That question. What if you don't consume Jesus? Then you'll consume something else. Now here's the third part of that quote, that David Foster Wallace quote. And this is where it gets. So check this out. I'll recap. He says, in the day-to-day trenches of adult life, there is actually no such thing as atheism. There is no such thing as not worshiping, not consuming. Everybody worships. Everybody consumes. The only choice we get is what to worship. And the compelling reason, remember, he's not even a follower of Jesus. The compelling reason for maybe choosing some sort of God or spiritual type thing to worship is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. Not a follower of Jesus. He says the only like reason for anybody goes after anything spiritual or godlike to consume, to worship, is because pretty much anything else 
will eat you alive. Here's, here's, what, here's what I want you to get. That list, if you're not consuming Jesus, you're consuming something else. See, the thing is, you and I, the reason that we go after other things is because they look dang good, right? Eli hates me for this, but I'm going to use McDonald's as an example. He loved McDonald's. There you go. He could be Ronald McDonald one day. Yeah, you never know. All right. But here's the thing. Think about it. Things that look good, things that seem good, like you're not an idiot. You don't look, you're like, you know what? I really feel like ruining my life today. What could I do? Like, no. Nobody does that. Nobody's like, man, I really, I really just want to suffer right now. Like, okay, if you are, you're a masochist, and you're still looking for pleasure in that suffering. So, like, don't go there. But here's the thing. Like, think about it. <laughs> you go after everything because you, what? You want joy. You're a consumer. You want good things. So you look, and what, it looks, what looks good? And you live in a consumeristic world, so everything is advertised as good. Nobody advertises their product. Man, you want to smell terrible? You want to have no friends? You want to be unpopular? You want to be an idiot? Our product is for you. Like, nobody does that. I literally watched, like, this, I don't even know what, I think it was on Instagram. I hate Instagram ads now. But, like, seriously, it was, like, this ad for some body wash, and it was, like, this weird, like, over hairy guy just, like, scrubbing himself with this, like, random bar of soap. And then, like, they're like, you're not that guy. Poof. And, like, some, like, ripped guy comes in with, like, this new bot, like, bar of soap. And he's like, oh, yeah. And it's like, first of all, why is that in my Instagram feed? But second of all, like, what you want to talk about consumerism, they're literally like, you want to be ripped and have amazing pecs and every girl on your hand and knee, like, this bar of soap will do it. Like, you're, you're a consumer. It works. And then here's the problem. Like, here's a trick. If you ever, like, don't be the curious person that's like, I wonder, like, how expensive it is. Because, like, every Instagram ad, you're like, it's probably, like, $5,000. Don't click it because then you'll get more of it. So, anyways, just that was a rant. But here's the deal. Like, you and I are consumers. It's just who we are. And the world knows it. And so it delivers that. Everything is good. Right? C.S. Lewis had a really good quote. He said, it would seem that our God finds our, our hunger, our desires, not too strong, but too weak. He says, we're foolish creatures messing around with sex and ambition and power when infinite joy is offered to us. Like a child making mud pies in a slum, we would rather continue doing that because we don't understand what's meant by the offer. I'm going to paraphrase of a cruise vacation. He says, buy a holiday at the sea. You don't know what a holiday is. Like, that's English for holiday, like, you know, day off. But he says, you and I, the problem is not that we're way too hungry. You're like, you know, you grow up and you're like, oh, I got all these desires. I got to, like, oh, get rid of them. Like, stop desiring things. That's not the problem. It's just that your desire is too weak and it settles for too little. I want to tell you a, a story because I think, here's the thing. I think a lot of us in the room, we don't buy it. Because like, like I said, a lot of us, we go home, and we like, oh, yeah, pastor got me good tonight, <clears throat> nice and convicted. And you go home, and you're like on Instagram, like, man, I, you don't say this, but you're like, gosh, I want acceptance so bad. 
gosh, her, oh, she's so much prettier than me. Oh my gosh, look at his abs. Like, that's just what you do. Like, you're, like some of you are on your phones right now, you're just like, gosh, this guy's an idiot. Dang. Wow, if I only had that type of razor delivered to my house once a week, I would be, wow. I mean, don't, like, do you, like, you see what I mean? Here's the thing. Let me, let me paint you a picture, because some of you, some of you are in junior high, and I, and I get that you're not quite, because I teach fifth and sixth every week, I get it. Like, some of you are in junior high, and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. Like, I, this whole world of, like, scary things, like, don't, don't have that. Like, but some of you, some of you do know what that's like. So let me paint a picture, and this is a true story. I, when I was in high school, I was a junior, and, uh, and one of my buddies was, he was dating this girl who was a freshman, and... Uh, I don't know why. Anyways, no. um, he, he was dating this girl as a freshman. They'd been dating for like a month, so it was like very fresh. And, and we're at homecoming, and at the end of the night, you know, they say goodbye, and she's going to go hang out with her friends, and like me and him and like some of our guy friends, we're going to like go watch a movie, because that's like, we're, oh my gosh, it's turning early. So we're, we're done with the dance. We go home, and we're hanging out, and we're like, but it's like two in the morning. And most of us, like, we just finished watching some, you know, like, war movie, of course. But, and we're, like, you know, most of the guys are asleep. And me and this one guy are, like, still awake talking. And all of a sudden, his phone rings. Picks it up. And the girl's name was Tori. And Tori's on the other end of the line. She's crying. She calls him, crying. And I'm, like, I'm sitting here, like, trying to, like, figure out what's going on. Because he's like, hey, wait, huh? hey, babe, like, what's up, what's up? And she's crying. And she says, I don't know where I am. And I'm lost. And I don't know what to do. He's like, weren't you going to hang out with your friends? Like, aren't you with them? She's like, I'm with them, but I don't know where I'm at. He's like, okay, can you, like, can you go out, like, are you at a house? Yeah. Can you go outside and, like, look at a street sign or an address? Like, give me something. So we finally figure out where she's at. And we hop in the car, mom's suburban. And we go to this house. Well, it turns out what happened, Tori and her friends, they're all freshman girls, all of them. And one of the girls, her parents were out of town, and she had this huge house. And her older brother bought them, like, I think 12 cases of beer. And there was, like, seven or eight girls. Do the math. Um, so these freshman girls go to this, this house, and they're thinking to themselves, like, oh, we're just going to have fun. Like, it's just us. Parents are gone. It's cool. Like, we're fine. We show up. We walk in the door, and Tori, Tori was outside, like, panicking on the grass, like, just completely freaked out. We walk inside, and what we saw, and I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the smell. I walked in, and this whole group of freshman girls who had been, like, enjoying, it was the night of their lives. It was freshman year homecoming. Like, if you you're in high school, like, you know, that's like, that's like the night of the year, right? You can't go to prom yet, so homecoming. So <laughs> they just wanted to have a fun night. We walk in, and we see lifeless zombies strewn all over the room, wasted out of their minds. Puke all over them, puke in the carpets. We can smell it mixed with beer. It's disgusting. We walk in. That's what we see. And you're thinking, like, okay, well, at least, like, at least they were all, like, you know, none of them died, and they were all, like, in the safety of, like, their home, and so they're okay. 
You ever seen Shark Week before? How do they get the sharks to show up? Throw chum in the water. The freshman girls were chum. Guess what sharks showed up at the party? Upperclassmen guys that we knew. And we walk in. I mean, like, I, I, I couldn't, like, I'm the guy, like, I'm emotional, like, afterwards, like, right now. I'm emotional afterwards, like, so in the moment, I'm like, we are, okay, we are getting all these girls home, and we're getting out of here. These girls, they were doing what you and I do, consuming. They wanted to have the best night of their lives. They wanted to have fun. And so, how do you have fun in high school? You go to a dance, you have a blast, you go with all your girlfriends, or all your boyfriends, and whatever, whoever's case, and, well, if you want to have a good time, you got to get drunk, right? And this night turned into a nightmare, and I guarantee you none of these girls have ever forgotten it. And those guys did not have good intentions, let me tell you. That is the reality of consuming anything other than Jesus. And I know you're like, oh, you're just trying to scare us. Try me. Go live your life, see what happens. Here's the thing. There's another line on the screen we'll, we'll throw up there. Here's the thing what happens when you consume anything other than Jesus. It will overpromise, underdeliver, and then it will consume you. Eat you alive, in Foster Wallace's words. Those girls got eaten alive. And thankfully, they survived, like physically survived the night. But that's, that's the results and you and I are consumers just like they are, and maybe you have a story just like they do. You already know this. Let me remind you again. Here's the deal. The only way to find life, Jesus is screaming it at these disciples, these thousands of people that show up who just want a meal. They're like, it's lunchtime, where's Jesus? Like that's, they show up and he's like, he's like, if you guys don't get this through your heads now, it's gonna end badly for you. If you want life, it's me. If you want to be filled, it's me. If you want to find your meaning and your purpose, if you want to be loved and not hurt, if you want to be gifted and not taken from, like that's, that's, how does it consume you? You get in far deeper than you ever wanted to go and then it leaves you empty and broken and lifeless. That's the results. So here's, here's the question that it begs. How do you consume Jesus? Like, okay, you've convinced me, Patrick. Okay, how do I consume Jesus? I thought of, like, trying to be really complicated about it, but honestly, like, I can't even handle, like, complicated so what's in sermons, so I'm not gonna give you that. Um, here's an easy one, and I think most of us can relate to this. How do you consume Jesus? You're gonna laugh, don't laugh. You date Jesus. Now, some of you aren't allowed to date yet, so you're like, mm, date? Is that a word? What is that, like on the calendar? What? <laughs> right? No. You date Jesus. Now, here's the thing. What does a dating relationship look like? I'm not talking about boyfriends and girlfriends, okay? If you're in, well, most of you are in high school, junior hires, you'll get it. But here's the thing. I dated in junior highs. Okay, don't worry. Now, here's the thing. Dating in the adult world is not having a boyfriend and a girlfriend. It's literally going on dates. Why? To get to know the person that you are dating. 
Like, that's important when you don't go to school with them seven hours a day. You've got to actually, like, go and meet them places, right? Like, that's what people do. Okay, I'm going to train you. This is pro tips, right? I figured it out, Sue. So, anyways. Um, now, what I, what I mean when I say date Jesus, okay, think about the corniest movie you've ever seen that was, like, a rom-com. Like, what, what is it? Wake up, morning boo, going to sleep. Sweet dreams, angel. Like, that's just, like, you, I'm not even kidding. I'm, this is, like, personal experience, okay? Like, I was that guy in high school, woke up, sent my girlfriend a text, went to sleep, sent her another text. Through the whole day, constantly texting her, right? Like, that was what I did. It was like, well, nobody had to teach me how to do it, right? It was just, what you do? I like her, right? I want her to like me back. Carry on with harassment. Like, that's what you guys, some guys do. We're like, I like you. Mm. Like, that's what we don't know how to do. Girls, I don't know what you play it cool, but like, you're like, mm, I don't know if I like you. Chase me. Like, that's what you do. But, but here's the thing. Like, if you're, if you're trying to date somebody, you spend time with them. You text them constantly. Like, never-ending conversation. Your snap streak, incredible, right? Like, it's, you're just... Like, they are always the first person on your Insta feed or on your Insta stories, like, because the you know, stupid algorithm. Anyways, and it's like, that's, that, it's, it consumes you. Like, it's your life, and you love it, and it's a good thing. You're like, oh, my gosh, I'm in love. It's been three days. Oh, my gosh. And it's like, that's what you do. That's dating. Date Jesus. Like, I didn't want to complicate things because I want you to go back to your group and actually understand, like, what you were supposed to do. Date Jesus. Like, in the morning, morning, Jesus. Go to bed. Night, Jesus. Right? Throughout the day. How you doing, Jesus? Right? Like, how do you have a relationship? Some of you don't know that, but here's the thing. You talk to the person, right? How would a marriage work if I never talked to my wife? Not well, ask her, right? That would just, think about it. If I didn't even, like, look at my wife the whole day, if I didn't talk to her, if I didn't do anything for her, if I didn't go out of my way for her, if I didn't tell her how much I love her, if I don't sacrifice for her, if I don't give my life to her, what kind of relationship is that? Not a relationship. It might be like a, like a love-hate, mostly hate relationship, but like that's not a relationship. So how do you consume Jesus? You date Jesus. It's that simple. And you'll start to see and we have questions uh, that will be on the screen. But leaders, you got questions on uh, group me. And here's the questions. First of all, what is, the, what is it that you consume? You're all consumers. So am I. So what is it that you consume apart from Jesus? Because let's be honest, you're all consuming apart from Jesus like 99.9% of the time. So how do you do that, right? And then the second question, well, how, what do you consume apart from Jesus and how is that working for you? And then 20 years down the road, keep consuming that same thing. What is it going to look like? Right? Because you're smart. You're like, I'm not going to do the same thing in 20 years. You'll find something different. Not Jesus. It'll do the same thing. 20 years down the road. And then think about this. This is the last question. What would it look like if you consumed Jesus for 20 years? What would you look like? See, because Jesus says, follow me. How do you follow Jesus? You pick up your cross, which is, means death. What are you dying to? The things that you want to consume. Pick up your cross, die to those things. When? Daily. 
and follow me. That simple. Let's pray, and then we're going to get out of here. Heavenly Father, we, Lord, we come before you, and God, we, we all, God, I think, I think we all resonate with Foster Wallace's quote, Lord, we are all consumers, we're all worshipers by nature, and if we're not worshiping Jesus, we're worshiping something else, and it's going to eat us alive. So Lord, I pray that your spirit would do the work that it does. Lord, do what you do. Fill each soul in this room with your spirit. Give them a taste of you so that they are ruined for everything else. Lord, we pray that because we love you and we know who you really are. We know what you're really like. God, we love you. We pray that you would do a good work in us and send us out, God, looking more and more like you. In Jesus' name, amen.